welcome back. This is Geek Down. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the spots where our fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. And my name is Jordan Ferguson. And uh, thank you again for joining us. Episode five. Episode five. Uh, so the weather is pretty nice right now. It is gorgeous out in Toronto. I don't today. understand. I think each episode we end up talking about the weather and <laughs> every time it's something different. Listen, because last weekend was frigid pandemonium. So Yes, it was. And we dodged it. There was another horrible system. that. How was it? Did Hamilton get hit? Yeah, I think that was... We got hit on on wednesday and we got weird freezing rain hail yeah we got like slush all day yeah but it was like slush that fell from the sky yeah and i thought i was like this is going to be a nightmare because it's going to freeze overnight and then it will be like armageddon or that that year when everything froze and it was like beautiful but it was like jack frost like went (laughs) way overboard i was uh i was back home yeah when that happened so i was just like watching news reports and friends social media feeds just like cozied up by the fire watching (sighs) Watching bad movies with my dad, drinking cocoa, like, hope you're having fun, people in North York with no power. You're a jerk. Yep. Yep. Um, And of course, whenever there's bad weather, uh, the TTC just shuts down. It just cannot take it. But it's the better way. (laughs) Apparently. I thought he got me here pretty fast. Some guy, like, jumped in front of my bus last week. Like, I was late for work because some guy, like, jumped in front of my bus. I think he was, like, trying to catch it. And kind of like, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one technical way you could literally catch a bus. It was just like up at Rogers Road, and I don't know if he was like, you know, running for it. And I think he kind of like tripped on his own feet a little bit. So we just kind of heard this like slap like on the side of the door while the bus was pulling away. And then he opens the door, and all I hear is like, <laughs> and the bus driver is like ice cold. People have like gone out to like see if he's okay because like he could dislocate his shoulder or something. The bus driver's just like, so are you getting on the bus? <laughs> like, this is ice cold. Welcome um, to Toronto. Yeah, welcome to Toronto, because then it quickly switched from, like, I'm in a lot of pain to my buddy's going to find you on your route tomorrow and shoot you in the head. Like, it switched that fast. That's why I was late to work. Not because a guy fell into the bus, because the driver had to, like, pull up a couple stops and report the threat to his life to, like, TTC head office. Always an adventure. On the rocket. Especially that's the Dufferin bus, right? Uh, I'm not trying to give away my bus route. But <laughs> Sorry. But no, for the record, it's not. Oh, okay. Because uh, I just saw an article recently about specifically about the Dufferin bus. Yeah, everyone thinks they're real clever when they go to text somebody and they type in Dufferin bus and it comes up suffering. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, you got that right, phone. Um, but it's it's pretty accurate. That's, I'm going to be laughing about that like a week from now. I'm just going to think about it and go, <laughs> suffering bus. Yeah, if you if you if you live or visit this city and really want to get a taste of what it's actually like, just you know ride ride the dirty duff for from like Queen to St Clair, no Eglinton. You got to go to like Eglinton and get that that North Toronto realness if you're looking for your real experience. Anyway, that's enough for regional talk this week. <laughs> regional talk with regional. Jordan and Caitlin. Everybody loves chit-chat with Jordan and Kate. I know yep. that's why you're here. That's right. There is news, as there always is. Caitlin, are you tired of being right all the time? Uh, not really. Yeah, me neither. So Marvel Comics has announced that they are uh, resurrecting the Timely 
imprint. Timely Comics is what Marvel was called like before they were Marvel Comics, like mm-hmm. in the days of like the 30s. And I say mm-hmm, but I didn't really didn't know really that. Know. No. Yeah, like in like the Submariner first Human Torch, you know, robot Human Torch era in the 30s of yeah, Marvel nope, Comics. It's right over my head. Yeah, I have no it, idea what you're talking well, about. Well, it was called Timely Comics back then. I got to do some more. I have to brush up on my comic book. I history, have a book apparently. right over there, actually, oh, the really? history of Marvel Comics. You can borrow it. I will you, borrow it. Yeah, it's a pretty good book, actually. So they are bringing this back specifically for the purpose of providing cheap reprints. So, like, if you missed the new Mark Wade Avengers book, they will offer cheap reprints. They're going to be three bucks. Caitlin, how many issues do you think Marvel slash Timely Comics will provide the reader for their three dollars? I don't know, like one? No, more than one. Actually, three. Because Marvel decided that three of something is probably all you need to get a good sense of whether or not you'll like it. <gasps> They're stealing our ideas, they Jordan. They stole the rule of three from us, which actually I stole from another podcast I listened to. But the fact remains, it's a good idea. And once again, add Marvel. We're going to start a board. I'm starting a board <laughs> in the Polly Pocket. I'm of sorry. All oh, the people, okay. Of all the people, right up here, of all the people who have like stolen our ideas or should hire us or should give us cheese or like Mattel was already on there. Yeah. We definitely had another one. I don't know who else it was, but Marvel, you're on the board. You owe us money. I think, I think the other people were Archie with the television show. Right. Yes. So the CW. Yeah. All of the CW. Marvel Comics and Mattel, you're all on the board. Really just like a brick of cheese or like a Tim's card. That's like. Yeah, that would be great. That's solid for us. But yeah, I mean, jokes aside, it's it's a good idea. Everyone loves more opportunities to check things out for cheaper, especially once, you know, the monthly comics grind is such a, can, can be such a pain, like, if you're not on it immediately, like, you can't get it until like eight months from now when the trade comes out, like if you miss that first issue for something like Avengers, where it sells out pretty much immediately. And you have to wait like nine months for the trade to come out. Yeah, I still don't get it. We talked about this last <laughs> week and I was going on and on, but I don't get it. Oh, because you're straight digital now anyway. So you just like... Basically, the I mean, library, there are some things... There, I mean, a lot of stuff I take out from the library. I do... I would rather read them physically, but I am not dishing out the kind of money they want for comic books. There are a couple. I, I own Saga, obviously. Like the first... like um, The hardcover? Yeah. of Not the hardcover. I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, no, I just, I mean, like, the, the first volume of Saga. Because the first volume of Saga, like the first volume of Wicked and Divine and a lot of other uh, very good image comics, are always price-pointed cheaper, so you are more inclined to check them out. Yeah. And yet another instance of image comics making the right decision. Just being amazing, really. Hey, maybe we can get image comics to, to hire us. Uh, does image comics need to hire us? I feel like they already got a good handle on it. But... Well, they could have a better handle on it. <laughs> If they hired us. Get at us, Eric. Um, so, yeah, I don't understand the monthly grind thing. Uh, I think it's a good idea, just in general, um, to give people a chance to maybe check things out that they haven't checked out before. Uh, yeah, there's they are doing a lot in this first batch. Um, so, like I said, the Mark Wade Avengers is on there. Um, the new Iron Man book, which I've heard is supposed to be very good, that Brian Bendis is writing is on there. A lot of things you would expect, a lot of these sort of um, titles that Marvel kind of relaunched post-Secret Wars. Um, I would probably be most interested in uh, reading Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, because I saw one pinup of that. and so went, that's, good. that's the book of my life right there, probably. It's so good. 
So yeah, I would probably definitely check that out. I'm like Scarlet Witch, New Avengers, uh, Totally Awesome Hulk. Uh, if you want to see how they're ruining Daredevil now, you can check that out. For... <laughs> Quick answer, ninjas. That's how they're ruining Daredevil now. Can um, ninjas ruin things? In Daredevil? Yes, they can. Okay. All right. Good to know. <laughs> That's my one beef with Daredevil. I thought ninjas always made things better. No. No, they don't. Frank Miller in the 80s was just like, you know what the kids like? Ninjas. Well, he was right. <laughs> In the 80s, yes. Stop. I don't need ninjas. The tirade voice is on pause this week. We don't need to fire up the tirade all right, voice. But... All right. I won't egg you on anymore with ninjas. <laughs> but, but the Daredevil book right now coming off Mark Wade is not good. And, and, and hey, you know what? Pick up your timely reprint for $3. Check it out. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think I am. But hey, we can talk about it on but, Twitter at GeekDownPod. Or, or on Facebook because we have a Facebook page. Facebook.com slash GeekDownPod. Thanks to the people who are hanging out over there. and uh, you, you guys need to be louder, though. <laughs> We have no posts. Except for one. We have one. And besides that, in other news, we sort of in other news, uh, it's more comic book related stuff. Surprise, surprise. Vixen, a character known and loved by many and also unknown and unloved by many. (laughs) I'm about to expose my ignorance. This is the lady animal man from... (laughs) Uh, a DC character. She's appeared in all kinds of things. Uh, she's shown up in Suicide Squad. She's been part of all the different, a couple of the different teams. She has been on the Justice League. Yes. At times. Yeah, she has been on the Justice League. Um, yeah, and I think it's one of those characters that I don't know her very, very well, but it's she sort of can be a villain or a good guy, depending. I was going to say, yeah, she's turned a couple times, hasn't she? Like- yeah. Yeah. And apparently she's making an appearance on a couple of the CWDC shows. Uh, I think she's making an appearance on Flash, maybe Arrow. Um, And they're talking about, because there is a lot of excitement about this uh, female superhero. She is one of the only black female superheroes around. Yes. Her and Storm uh, chairing the club. I think those are like the only two. Yeah, that's about it. Um, And this is one of the only representations of a black female superhero from DC in a live action show, Mm -hmm. either on silver screen or on uh, television. Wait, silver screen. That one's... That's movies. That's movies. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay, good. I just... I knew it. I just wanted to double check. Ow. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, she uh, she's showing up. And they're sort of talking about uh, that there might be a chance of her getting her own spinoff series. Or she could end up being part of uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is the third CW superhero series. There's also some weird crossover with Supergirl, but not for Vixen. Okay, Supergirl is not on the CW? Well, I think... I can't remember. I think it is. But I thought Supergirl was supposed to... See, I haven't watched any of these. Uh, This is me being ignorant. So again, (laughs) people, let us know what we've got wrong here. Um, I, I know that for... Arrow and for Flash, it's I believe been a lot of crossover. Yes, and two. but there was an idea that um, in that sort of universe, Superman didn't exist. Oh, okay. I think that's what it was. So they had to sort of step up. They were like the major heroes. It could just be that they don't mention him, but I thought that was the idea. Mm-hmm. And then I know for sure in Supergirl, Superman does exist, but apparently there is a Flash Supergirl crossover. Yeah, because set photos from that started yeah, turning up on, on, on the Twitters. We live in such a weird world. People just cannot hold their horses. Like, they just can't wait for <laughs> well, that's it. They a, just... That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other podcast. 
where that's... like the whole world stopped because a 10 second video of Ryan Johnson on the set of episode eight saying, welcome to episode eight had to blow up my social media because <laughs> we're not talking about Star Wars today. But Anyways, back to the main story. Vixen could be a regular uh, member of the cast or a regular member of sort of that CW DC television verse the dc tv yeah exactly well that'd be cool i like i mean i've always been like i'm kind of a mark for like c-tier superheroes and like dc always kind of had more of them (laughs) um yeah and they one of the great things they do with the i think it's just called the justice league it's the one that used the same the same continuity as the Batman, the animated series. Yeah. Um, They did some really great things with those B list superheroes in a couple episodes. I thought I remember reading once. I think there was a thing where like there were rights to certain characters that meant they had to use these like C level versions. Ah, yes, it was specifically characters, um, associated with Batman and Batman the Animated Series, aside from Batman himself, because the Batman was starting to go into production and to avoid brand confusion between Justice League Unlimited and the new Batman series. And like, which version of Batman in it? And where do these exist in the world? What continuities are these certain characters became uh, off limits, as was Aquaman, who uh, there was a pilot in development like there was supposed to be like a Smallville spinoff sort of thing. So they're all owned by the same people. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just giving you such a blank look. I just feel like this. See, it's a problem when you have like millions of properties and you can't have people use certain ones because for like the fifth time you are developing another show with the same characters. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. So they got around this because sorry, this is just. You can always trust Wikipedia, right? Um, <laughs> they they got around this. This is why like Dead Man shows up on Justice League Unlimited, or like a version of the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Like right. they just they had to they had to dig back in the archives for uh, lesser known yeah. characters. So I mean, it's something that we've seen a lot of, uh, especially in DC, um, where they have to use different characters or come up with different storylines for B or C list characters because they can't use the headliners, which actually ends up, uh, I think, helping the creative process in some ways. Uh, it gives you know new char- uh, old characters uh, a new shot at life. Um, a lot of interesting storylines have come about because of this. And I just think it, it, there's a sort of an issue with the, and we've brought it up several times specifically with DC, about them relaunching all these different television shows. Mm -hmm. And instead of just giving sort of stuff a a chance to evolve or to change or to get better, they just sort of like cut it and then start again. Yeah. And apparently like I'm... It's beginning to get to the point where I'm starting to feel like the odd man out as far as these CW shows go. Like, oh yeah, gonna be totally honest. Thought they would be around a season and bye bye. Yeah, I wasn't a Smallville guy either, but that was less my bag, I think, than these would be. So I don't know. Maybe it's maybe we're officially at the point where uh, where I should be checking them out. Um, you know what would definitely get me to check it out? What, Mister Terrific? Mr. Terrific. You bring Mr. Terrific onto these CW shows? Why Mr. Terrific? I just love Mr. He's got he's got a jacket that says fair play on it. Like 
Okay. I love C-list DCU heroes. Like the J the JSA. Like um, where, where their their costumes have like terrible color patterns on them and stuff. Have, oh, I, have I live you, for that. Like have you seen all of Justice League Unlimited? I think so, but it was a while ago. Okay, you look back, there's an episode, I think it's called like Parade Day or something. <laughs> it is one of my favorite episodes. Also another thing that's actually really cool about DC. Uh, they get Nathan Fillion to do all their voices. He does do a lot of them. He was Green Lantern for a while, was he not? He, yeah, Green Lantern. In that new um, one that we were talking about, the War, uh, Justice League War. Oh, yes. And and then in the um, the second one about... I, wanna call the, I wanted to call him King Neptune. Um, Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> also known as King Neptune by Caitlin. That, that sounds like his rapper name. <laughs> like like when he's hopping on the when he's hopping on that fire mixtape and he's like yo what's up this is aquaman aka king neptune aka <laughs> trident spitter <laughs> yeah yeah that's good um and he also nathan villian has also done the voice of in justice league unlimited uh the cowboy he has guns jonah hex no, no, he has the the scarf over his face. Oh, right. He pairs up with uh with Shining Knight all the time. Right, that was the version of the Seven Soldiers of Victory that they had to use because they couldn't use certain characters became off limits. Right. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but that he played he does the voice of that guy. I do remember that episode, yes, because I remember knowing immediately because he had his like Malcolm drawl on a little bit. Oh, it look makes at me look so at you, happy. Look at you squeeing at just the. <laughs> It does. It makes me so happy. Oh, Lord, you women and Nathan Fillion, I swear. <laughs> oh, it's true. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. I uh, think we only have one other big piece of news. Well, I have just one brief thing that I want to mention. <sighs> Fine. I don't know why this exists. So this is before the big news. It is before the big news. Yes, okay. It's unrelated right. to the big news. So I had a brief dalliance with um, what became known as J-horror. In, like, the early 2000s. What? J-horror? Japanese horror movies. Oh, I heard something else. <laughs> I just wanted to clear up. You said J-horror. J-horror, yes. Okay. Um, so there's movies like, you know, obviously, Ringu. Um, Is that The Ring for yes. us English speakers? Yes, okay. Ringu became The Ring. Um, Juon became The Grudge. There were other movies by guys like Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Um, and I don't remember his name. But there were movies like Suicide Club and... Um, Ichi the Killer kind of falls into that, I guess, even though it's more of like a gore movie or like Uzumaki. These weird little movies like this. Um, I was kind of weirdly fascinated by them, despite never being a horror guy, because Japanese horror movies were more about like senses of creeping dread and less about like jump scares. Like, right. like you know, nothing's going to come crashing out of a closet in a Japanese horror movie. You're just going to be continually filled with the idea that your life is meaningless. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And uh, existence is pointless. Soup's fun. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to appropriate Soup's hat. That's not my intention. Uh, they made me Soup's hat there. Excellent. I'm committed, I'm committed to Soup's you. hat. People, seriously, I love Soup's hat. You got to make this a thing. To my amazement, because it's not the sort of thing... Japanese horror movies traditionally did. I don't know. I guess they held like a poll or something and people said they wanted this. In the traditions of uh, like the Wolfman versus the Vampire and Freddy versus Jason, uh, this summer will bring us Sadoko versus Kayoko. What does this mean? These are the ghosts from Ringu and The Grudge, respectively. I have very little to say about this. This is going to be garbage. Okay. 
but I'm kind of here for it. It's good. <laughs> well, There's no way it's not terrible. We do sometimes watch a lot of garbage. Oh, man, I love trash. Uh, there's no way this is good. There's no way this is good. Like, The Ring is a hard enough thing to make happen in 2016 as it is, because it's based around, like, a videotape. Like, like how are they going to make this happen? Like, I, you, You're talking to someone who basically does not watch horror films at all, so... Well, you're familiar with the premise of The I, Ring. Yeah, you watch a video and then you die, what, in five days or something? Seven days. In seven days. Uh, and Juan was just basically like a ghost story. Like, if somebody's, like, murdered and wants revenge, they inhabit... It was like a haunted house ghost story, but it was just, like, really creepy because she was, like, you know... These were the first two original, like, white-skinned, like, hair and face. Like, she was always... Her face was always twisted in this, like, silent scream, and she would go, like... Okay, yeah, that's just weird just doing that noise. Yeah, that was the last movie that ever gave me, like, the creeping horrors. Like, I watched that movie. I was still living at home back in Windsor at my parents' house. And I, like, went outside to have a cigarette. And it was, like, you know, 2 in the morning. And I was like, nope, don't like this. Going inside right now. Um, Do you smoke? Not anymore. I used to. Good. <laughs> Kids, don't smoke. It's or, like, you know, you. smoke for, like, a few years in your 20s. No, your don't ever smoke. Jordan! Don't ever smoke or do anything bad. Also, don't commit a felony. So yeah, I don't know how these two properties go together and work at all. Uh, it will probably never see the light of day on this in this hemisphere, and I'll like have to watch some bootleg of it when I, it when it hits. But um, I just for the train wreck that it is sure to be, I am like excited for this. This is like I said, it's it's not the sort of thing that this genre usually does. Like yeah, Godzilla fights Mothra all the time, or like you know King Ghidra, but these two for the time what were kind of held up as like sophisticated mature type of horror movies just devolving into this like garbage b movie <laughs> you gotta make a profit the clash of the properties it's like very bizarre you me. got it. and we know how much you hate when they mix properties <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm excited for a fucking mashup look how that came back on me yep oh <laughs> God, okay, seriously now, though, don't draw them as the fucking Sailor Scouts. If I if I see Sudoku and Kyoko as fucking Sailor Scouts, poor fan art people are giving them such a hard time lately. I'm encouraging them to be better. Sure, you are. Okay, now can I talk about the actual big news? Yes, yes. You okay, can. so it has to do with the casting of well, casting an Iron Fist of Iron Fist, okay. also known no, as Danny Rand. Nobody had anything to say about that this week. Nope. We didn't hear anything at all. It was so weird. Jordan, do you have any opinions? Uh, as a white male, no, I have no opinions on this matter. That's good, because I would yell at you if you did. No, I'm kidding. Um, I have too many opinions, maybe. <laughs> Basically, I think... what, what Can it, you boil them down? <laughs> <laughs> I think what it comes down to is he is a problematic character with a problematic backstory. Yep. And... There's been so many pieces and counter pieces and different view pieces that it's sort of all mixed together. And maybe they should have worked on bringing another character to yeah. to the television screen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a credible argument to both sides, obviously, for a character that is so deeply entrenched in... Asian culture, obviously, I can totally see why the Asian community could look at this and be like, oh, thanks for whitewashing the character, even though he was originally a white character in the books, which is the other credible argument where some members of the Asian community are saying, 
yeah, you know what? You can kind of miss us with that character. I don't think I like representation, but I don't really need representation to be another kung fu fighting yeah Asian guy. Yes. So I mean, like it's complicated. It's is it's a character steeped in orientalism to begin with, which is a problem. Not awesome, and maybe like you said, they should have done at one something of the, else. At one of the pitch meetings at Marvel Netflix, they should have been like, maybe this is not the route to go. And I thought I heard they had. I thought I heard Scuttlebutt that there was the showrunner was kind of running against the origin of the character. And it seemed a little too mystical for what they were playing with, with these, with the Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil type of thing. And they didn't know how they were going to make it work, but now they're going forward with it. Uh, anyway, so I think I mean one of the the reasons, obviously, is that they chose um, Iron Fist is because of his relationship with Luke Cage for Heroes for Hire, mm-hmm. and then because of the assembly of the Defenders, which for people who don't know is sometimes because as we know they they change it up every once in a while is Luke Cage, um, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and. Daredevil? Is yes. it just the four of them? But it does change. I think they add... It's been a million different yeah, teams. I think Ant-Man? I think the classic version is even... The classic version is even, like, the Submariner, the Hulk, Doctor Strange, and, like, the Beast. Like, there's been so many oh, weird yeah. versions of the Defenders over the years. Though, they should have just gone with the Beast. <laughs> that's what I think. They don't own the Beast, so they gotta... Oh, they that's gotta true. Call that, that's actually really sad. It is. Because that means less Beast for Caitlin. He's my favorite. What? That's a curious favorite X-Men to have. Dr. McCoy is the best. Uh, that's, I don't typically hear that. What? I don't, I don't he see sent the Hulk to space. I don't see a lot of love for the Beast. Uh, the Beast is amazing. He's my favorite X-Men. You're talking about like fuzzy cat looking Beast of yeah, the Hank, current moment? Yeah, Hank McCoy. Yeah, like he didn't look cool back when I was coming up on comics. He looked like <laughs> he had just gone blue. He looked like... I'm sorry. Early 90s... That's been, that's a while now. He's been blue for a while. He's been blue for a while, but he hasn't, he's only been like fuzzy cat looking for like He didn't look like a cat. Years. He looked like a big beast guy with blue fur. Currently, he looks, ever since Grant Morrison, he looks like a bear. Like he has a snout. Like. I don't remember this. Previous to that, he just kind of had like Wolverine hair and was blue. And it was awesome. <laughs> and he was peace loving. You have nothing to say to I that, got nothing for that. Nope. nope. No. Anyways, Hank McCoy is the best X-Men. And if you want to fight me about this, uh, you can take it to Facebook. Hey, anyone, anyone's better than Cyclops. That's all I'm going to say. The show would be over oh, if you said why Cyclops. Would people, why do people hate on Cyclops so much? Because he's lame. This he's, is a discussion for another time. But he's not lame. Cyclops sucks. And frankly, I resent the last three years of X-Men comics trying to make me believe that Cyclops is a badass. And ooh, he's so edgy. He's got his, like, gorilla team with Magneto and shit, and, like, he's the badass X-Men. Nah, son. All right, fine. Anyways, now on, uh, after a short break, to the part of the show you basically have all tuned in for. The reason you are here, we will discuss the thing that we brought the other one, and frankly, friends, I have no idea how this one's going to go this week, so it'll be a surprise for both of us. See you in a bit. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Uh, before we get started into format, Caitlin. Yeah. We have an ad. 
We do. Of sorts. Well, yeah. We did not get paid for this, nor were we even blessed with a single block of cheese. Or tea. Or slice of cheese. Or Tim's card. Um, we more so had a polite request of an event that is happening in the Toronto area that this gentleman who I know from, uh, we used to work together, uh, he passed this along thinking that perhaps some of our listeners would be interested in this and could we give it a brief mention? Though we may have to ask him to basically tell like 20 people about our podcast. <laughs> I think that's a good <laughs> I, I think that's fair. Greg, promote the podcast on your Facebook or at your place of work or on the street or wherever. I think that's fair. Uh, so the event in question is called Grok Spock. Grok Spock. Grok Spock. Grok? Grok. Like G-R-O-C? Like G-R-O-K. Oh, Grok Spock. I believe is from Stranger in a Strange Land, the Heinlein novel, I believe. Mm. Kind of means like to figure out, I think. Like okay. When you, when you grok something, it's oh, like wrapping. Oh, I see. Okay. You say like, I don't fully, I'm trying to fully grok, and it means like to wrap your head around, I believe. I like um, made up words. <laughs> made up words are dope. Uh, so this Soup is <laughs> this is the second one of these that they have done. It is a benefit for the Lung Association. So yes, Grokspock 2. This runs for two nights, March 11th and 12th at the Transat Club in Toronto. Where's the Transat Club? It is at 292 Brunswick Avenue in Toronto. They're doing this two nights. It is $15 uh, for one show or for $5 more. You can go to both. You can go both nights. That's pretty cool. And this will be uh, live readings of classic Star Trek, the original series episodes. That's amazing. And like I said, this is a benefit. It is also a tribute to the late Leonard Nimoy. I have been promised there will be celebrity-ish guests. What does celebrity-ish mean? Like Canadian comedians and whatnot. Uh, I don't have that information yet. But yeah, I mean, they're going to do four episodes per evening. Like I said, 20 bucks gets you in both nights, goes to a good cause. It is at the Transact Club, 292 Brunswick Avenue. And yeah. Check out Grokspock Volume 2. We better have more listeners, Greg. I'm just letting you know now. Or what's your cheese of choice? Uh, Borsan. You could get two um, for the price of one at Costco, if you so interest. There you go. Are interested. Flash or, that Costco card, Greg. Or I would take a, a, like a round of free. <laughs> it won't last more than two days, but I will take a round Probably of free. Probably not. Grokspock 2 at the Transact Club, 292 Brunswick Avenue. If you're in Toronto, March 11th and 12th check that out should be a good time moving on moving on we had an ad kind of yeah how was my ad voice was that all right eh, it was all right yeah. i can use some work though yeah we'll get better we'll get better can't wait to sell out i just i really want to do like a voice from the 50s <laughs> and be like shiny soap shiny soap you shiny show soap on your dishes like that kind of thing <laughs> what <laughs> So many things you could use shiny soap on. I don't know why you went dishes immediately, but what I I okay fine shiny soap shiny soap use shiny soap on your floors. <laughs> Is there a problem, Jordan? Nope. Okay, and now on to format. Basically, the reason why you are all here, um, except of course those who have just come to enjoy the conversations that Jordan and I have. Sweet, sweet banter. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll start with what I brought, Jordan. But first, we have rules. We have rules. Caitlin, what is rule number one? 
Rule number one is the rule of three. The rule of three. As we established, this is the brilliant concept that Marvel has... Stolen. ...flagrantly uh, thiefed from us. That we flagrantly thiefed from another podcast. Thanks, IGN Anime Club. Love you. Um, This basically means if it is a show, a series, or a comic series, anything that runs on installments, have to give it three. We think that's a, a good enough time to sort of get your head around the series. It's terrible. You can't eject after one or two. You have to sit through three. <sighs> Anyways, moving on. Rule number two. Rule number two. No tipping of the hand. Caitlin and I will not discuss with each other the thing we have been asked to evaluate until we are sitting in front of these microphones. So hard to do. It is really impossibly hard. Actually, actually, we've been really good. I don't think we've we've only maybe slipped up once or twice. Once or twice. And I mean, we'll get to updates uh, at the end of the show. But what actually is uh, maybe more fun that ends up happening is like once we talk about it. Oh, yeah. All bets are off. So all basically, off. Uh, Caitlin has been hearing my running commentary on something she brought me earlier. And I think it's been making her very happy. It's been fantastic. Um, and then our third rule that's not really a rule. It's more of just a policy we have, which has to do with spoilers. Spoilers. We don't go out of our way to avoid them. And we don't go out of our way to promote them. They may come up in conversation. It happens. So if you don't want spoilers about the things we're talking about, then you should probably leave at this time. If you don't want spoilers for the um, 16 and four year old uh, television shows that we're talking about today, respectively, (laughs) then um, yeah, number one, get your life together. Number two, (laughs) thanks for hanging. Uh, Go buy your tickets for Groxbach too. And uh, we'll see you next week. And have some tea. And have some tea. And some cheese. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So, Jordan, how did you like Spaced? Spaced. Caitlin, tell the people what Spaced is. Um, Spaced is a te- British television show, yet that, again. Oh, man. British television shows. Yep. Love me some British television love shows. Love British live action comedy. Um, and it is a story about, I guess, geeks like us um, <laughs> living together in an apartment with a strange neighbors basically is what the show is about in the relationship between two main characters it is ran from 1999 to 2001 there were two seasons and altogether 14 episodes if you were to watch space you may recognize a couple people so yes you're burying the lead here i feel <laughs> the, the thing about space is that it is the first collaboration between edgar wright and simon pegg um, I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. They may have done something brief beforehand, but this is the the thing that people know as the first. And yeah, it's definitely kind of like the first time Edgar Wright really got his name out there. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't know Edgar Wright, he is the director of the Three Flavors Cornetto comedy series, which is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. Yes. Um, which features Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yes. Frost is also in space. In supporting role, yep. Yep. And um, also uh, someone you may know either as an actor or someone who has worked with Edgar Wright, specifically on Spaced as a creator, but also in some other things, is uh, Jessica Hines slash Stevenson is her maiden name. Okay. Um, yep. She is the female lead in yes. the series. Um, and how did you like it? Uh, going back to my first question. Better than the boosh. <laughs> uh, it's good, if, I think. If, if the boosh is like now the baseline for like all live action British comedy series uh-huh. that you give me, yep. um, yeah, it's definitely better than that. 
Oh, that's good. Um, I mean, full disclosure, I did have some familiarity with this show before. I think I saw the first episode um, during like peak Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, like maybe Hot Fuzz era. Okay. Um, I'd heard about Spaced and it's like, oh, they did this show back before they really like broke in America. And I was like, oh, I'll go back and check that out. I remember watching the first episode and it not really like clicking then for whatever reason. I never went back to it until this morning until <laughs> I realized, oh, crap, I haven't watched what I need to watch before the show. So these are these are piping hot, piping hot takes uh, great. <laughs> from, from the hot take oven. Um, I appreciate it. I don't know that it stands up really well. If you're going to compare it to the things they did since. Okay. Now, granted, okay. I know there's like a year gap or like a two year gap between like series one and series two. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, like the Boosh or like a lot of British shows, it just turned into something completely different as it went along. The, it just didn't really seem like it was going anywhere. It just seemed like a bunch of like set pieces, you know? Like, uh, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember loving it when I watched it, partly for that feeling of the way community makes me feel, which mm. is, oh, there are other people like me out there. <laughs> also, other people who think what I think is funny. So I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm surprised you didn't like it more, actually. It's definitely not like a laugh out loud, like, there funny are, thing. Really? Because I think there are moments that are definitely laugh out loud. Funny. Um. Again, it could be that I'm thinking more of series two or season two, rather. But even for the first three, I, I suppose like they do have some that some of that clever British humor going on that isn't laugh out loud funny. Like when I was watching it, I had to go back and check the production date. I was like, when was this made? Because I think we take for granted now a lot of the things that this show may have done first. Right. Like should be should say it's a single cam. Yeah. Comedy. It's not multicam, you know. Difference between that inside baseball talk, if you don't care about how your television looks. Most sitcoms traditionally are like what they call multicams, where there's a bunch of cameras around a set and you know, you switch cameras when you go from the living room to the kitchen. Right. Type of thing. And it's more typically kind of like wider shots. Where a single cam, you're thinking the office, you're thinking parks and rec. Yeah. You're thinking that sort of thing. It's a much more it's filmic, right? Like, they're, you're, you're using the language of, like, movies yeah. on TV, yeah. which wasn't really done back then, especially not on, like, sitcoms. I also noticed it did that kind of, like, non-sequitur jump cut thing that, like, we take for granted now. Like, yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine does this all the time, where it's like, you haven't been cool since whatever, and then it's like, and it cuts to that thing that they just they're referencing, yep. and, and it comes back. And I noticed there was a moment in episode two where Daisy, uh, our female lead, is commenting that, like, we don't even really know each other that well. And then it's just like, vroom, it pans over and Tim, the Simon Pig character is reading her diary and like laughing and then vroom, swoops back and shows him like, Oh yeah, no, no, we don't. And this was in 1999 when this yep. was done. So that's a, you know, we take for granted now in like a post family guy, post Brooklyn nine, nine, there are surely many other shows that use this technique now that I'm not thinking of, you know, 15 years earlier, Edgar Wright was pulling this out. Oh my God, that's so long ago. <laughs> yeah, we're so old. We're so old. So, I mean, yeah, definitely things like that. I kind of appreciated it more for, like, the things it was doing than what it actually was. I think um, one of the things I, I love about it, and again, this is the problem with only watching three episodes, that it really builds on the relationships the characters have. Mm. And sort of the inside jokes that kind of build. 
so maybe that has to do with it but it's also i think one of those things it's that british humor thing it's how i i love that type of sort of clever almost weird humor not as british as the boosh not quite definitely a lot less of that like it's a game of the end of it Okay, I don't even know what you're trying to do, but yes, I understand. There's definitely uh, less of that. Again, it looks bad. <laughs> like the set, what are these houses that these people are living in? Because, like, you know what it is? I think it's because we're so... What was so... that flop house that Daisy was what? sad to leave? Like... <laughs> we're so we're so used to, in our comedy shows specifically, in our sitcoms, even people who are supposed to be living in like lower middle class, they... <laughs> live in things that we could never, ever afford. Yeah, and they never, like, talk about where they get their money yeah. from. The only show that ever really kind of showed how people live is Roseanne. Like, actually showed yeah, how people that's live. Fair. And, and British TV actually does that really well. All even, even you'll notice their actors, they look a lot more like normal people. Oh, yeah, the, the wardrobe budget on, on space <laughs> I, I is think it's probably their pallet. wardrobe. I think probably. they probably just get dressed and come to work and that's what they're wearing for the scene. Um, but I think that's also something I really like about British television. I mean, I'm curious enough to... Maybe check continue out. investigating it because I mean I do lo- I do like Edgar Wright, I love Shaun of the Dead, love Top Fuzz. Haven't seen World's End yet, but I mean I love Scott Pilgrim too. So I'm like yeah. I like his vocabulary. I like what he brings to his work. Uh, I do like this version of Simon Pegg. He does very well with kind of like the lazy slob yep. type of character. Yeah, kind of his wheelhouse. He does it really well. Um, less sold on the Nick Frost character thus far. He's um, pretty outrageous. There's. I did notice a recurring bit where they keep teasing like their origin story, like how they became friends, and it just pans up to the two of them as kids sitting in a tree. Yeah. And the Nick Frost child still has a mustache. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just stupid, but yeah, shit like that made me laugh. Um, I really like the big thing. I really like the Daisy character. I guess I identify with her quite a bit. She's not your usual main female lead. As someone who has a looming deadline this week and is finding reasons not to work on it. I definitely appreciated <laughs> episode two. Where she's like typing on a typewriter with no ribbon in it. Just so it sounds like she's doing something. <laughs> yep. The aspiring writer. Um, no, I, I liked, I liked her as a character. Um, I will say that I did. I immediately kind of felt that like she has an arc, like she's going somewhere. Right. Whereas the Tim character played by Simon Pegg is just like, he's always going to be sitting on that couch, like doodling in his notebook. And he's not really ever going to go anywhere. And I was a little, perturbed that at least in like the first three episodes she seems okay with that like i guess we didn't even really say the premise of what the show is well i did i said it's two people who live together who live in an apartment but it's it's basically uh (laughs) it's basically three's company 2k right like i suppose it's they have both been forced to leave their living arrangements they kind of meet in a diner and they pretend that they're a couple to get this apartment. Yes. And they move into this building with a bunch of other lunatics. Yeah. Um, like their weird landlady. and the, So weird. And, and the, the artist. The artist guy who lives downstairs and is always... <laughs> it's like, oh, what kind of art do you make? And he just goes, anger. And it gets <laughs> yeah. him just like screaming and throwing paint at a canvas. Um, but yeah, it's that. It's like they're now trying... They're, they don't know each other really at all and they are living together under the guise of being a couple to try and like keep this 
really, really not that impressive. <laughs> but uh, better than they could afford on their own. Yes, I assume the struggle is very real uh, in North London. Very real. <laughs> so yes, that that's the plot, and that's what I didn't. That's what made me perturbed. It's like you know she's getting her rejection letters, gets an interview for a magazine type of thing, blah, blah, blah. And he has been like just you know, plastered playing zombie shoot 'em ups on the couch all day. You're just going to have to watch some more. All right. I just take my word for it. <laughs> I'm doing that head thing I do sometimes. <laughs> it looks like I just have a sore neck. and. But it's actually like, I know something. I know stuff you don't. Exactly. And every point you're making is going to be addressed by the show. You just need to keep watching it, you stupid idiot. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you got Actually, you, you read my body language really well. <laughs> We've known each other a very long time, friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, again, if we're dealing out ratings, give it a six with an asterisk. Six what? With an asterisk. No, no. Six what? <laughs> six kick punches with uh, with with an asterisk, which I guess is like a, a tiny boot <laughs> next to it. So, so it's, oh, six kick punches and a tiny boot. Uh, the tiny boot will represent that, like, I'm open to revisiting it later, uh, as we will talk about at the end of the show. Uh, I have bigger fish to fry with things you have given me right now. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to dismiss it, you know, out of hand. Okay. Um, and I do, I love creative origin stories. And this is like the first thing Edgar Wright did. I also think it's cool that like, you know, everyone was like on True Detective's dick a couple years ago. It's like, you know, Kari Fukunaga like directed the entire series. And it's like, oh my God, it really like makes a TV show when like one director does the whole thing. And, you know, it's, it's his vision and it's his visual language, you know, behind the whole show. It's like, yeah, Edgar Wright did it on this show. Like, yeah. And now he is like so held up and recognized as, you know, one of the more exciting directors. So, yes, uh, that's not a outright dismissal. It's not it's not a love letter to space, but it's, you know, I'm curious about it enough to want to go back to it and see where it goes, especially if it's something that you love as much as you do. Cool. Um, if, that's all if, I can hope if for. If I'm going to check out some British shit, it's gonna, definitely going to be this over the bush. I'll tell you that much <sighs> right now. Fine. The boosh is my food wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Moving on. Moving on. In my unending quest to find Caitlin an anime show that will uh, resonate with her, we put the fantasy elements away. We put the shonen away. We really kind of went, brought in something from out of left field. Um, this is a kind of feminist, but not, but kind of cops and robbers, buddy movie road trip sort of who knows what the hell it is it, it kind of defies uh genre it is michiko and hachin that has amazing intro music and intro in general oh there he goes we've lost him Woo! yeah that was basically that that was basically what got me into the show initially the second that theme music started up i was like oh i am here for this because I tell you something, friends, the show is set in Brazil, but not Brazil. Yeah, it's definitely Brazil, but not Brazil. It's called Diamandra, but it's Brazil. And the theme song is by a sort of, they call it Death Jazz. That's the genre. But it's this Japanese band called Soil and Pimp Sessions. Death Jazz? They call it Death Jazz. That's amazing. That's what they call their music. And it's clearly like, you know, samba, bossa nova on speed type music. And I love it. And it does that thing where like... A dude with a megaphone screams over Brazilian music, and that is like heavy metal for me. <laughs> okay. Like, dude to lose, a, dude to lose their mind to Slayer. That's me with like, if I hear like, when like, I'm like, I'm flipping tables. I'm like, let's go. We are tearing this place up right now. 
So um, I fell in love with it from the title credits. I really like the title credits. Maybe not as much as you, but I did enjoy them. <laughs> was your was your were, were your bookshelves still standing when yes, the title credits were they, over? They then were. you didn't like it as much as me. Okay. Um, this is a show about a woman named Michiko Malandro, who is was a member of some sort of gang. I don't know if the gang is ever really outright named and she has gone to prison essentially for the man she loves a man named hiroshi she has sort of taken a fall for him and upon getting sort of indication or word that hiroshi has a gone missing and b has a child out there that is not hers michiko busts out of prison grabs the heretofore unknown child of hiroshi's named Hana, who she calls Hachin, and they tour the countryside trying to find Hiroshi while dodging uh, the police. At the same time, led by uh, Atsuko Jackson, best name ever, who Michigo has had a long relationship with as well. And that yeah, that's basically it. It's, it's kind of madcap. It's in the tradition of Cowboy Bebop, in a sense where like there is the overarching story, but there's a lot of sort of like bottle episodes where like as they are traveling along they encounter other characters and go on little side stories with them as they try to like a get money b dodge the cops c shake down people for information on hiroshi's whereabouts i personally think it's animated beautifully it has really characteristic um character designs it just looks really good it was produced in 2009 2008. It was origin. It was produced in 2008 and ran from 2008 to 2009. I recently got a run last year on the Resurrected Toonami on the Cartoon Network, so it's getting a bit of a second life. Um, directed by a woman named Sayo Yamamoto, who has done before this. She was kind of mostly known. She did this Lupin the Third um, side series about Lupin gang member. Fujiko Mine, who I, I mean, I love Lupin the Third stuff. This was a very different type of show. Um, that I like I, the other Lupin. Which Lupin? Uh, the one that was in French. Oh, well, this is Lupin the Third. This is his grandson. I know. Okay. Which doesn't make any sense, really, because Lupin the Third, from what I get, is supposed to be set in, like, the 1700s? No, Lupin the Third's contemporary. Oh, okay. Maybe it is his grandson, then. Um, he says he's his grandson. I don't think, it, I think it's been a gag. Oh throughout i haven't seen it obviously but i have seen all the episodes of the other lupin um you were the only person i've ever met who could say that what <laughs> never seen lupin the third there's like 900 episodes of it miyazaki got his start on lupin the third <laughs> she's never seen that she's the only person i know who's ever seen the original arsene lupin <laughs> it was a great show it had it's 1920s art deco and a master thief who has who does good works. A dashing gentleman thief and Lupin the Third is all that as well. But and we're a not female here. Female reporter. We're not here to talk about Lupin. We're talk. We're here to talk about Sayo Yamamoto's next show, which is Michiko and Hachin. Caitlin McKinnon. Lord, I dare to ask, what did you think of Michiko and Hachin? I loved it so much. Woo! <laughs> Woo! We did it! <laughs> we did it, everybody! I'm so happy. I could cry. We did it. Oh my God, we did it. We did it. Megan Sullivan of IGN Anime Club, thank you for bringing this show to my life so I can bring it to Caitlin McKinnon. Oh my God, we did it. 
Tell me why you love Michiko and Hacha. Um, I've been thinking about it as you've sort of been running through all these, all this different information. It's just a lot of fun. I just, I like things that are fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and there's nothing like as well in the first three episodes. There's nothing unbelievably offensive or <laughs> ridiculous. Well, there, there's a lot of a lot of stuff is ridiculous in the show. Um, but it sort of fits with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not out of place ridiculous. I really like the character dynamic between Michiko and Hachin. Like, I think it's really funny, um, especially, obviously, in the first three episodes, I'm not going to get a, a full view of what's going on, but um, definitely Hachin is playing the role of the parent. <laughs> in, and the in, straight man. Yeah, sort of thing. In, a, in a lot of ways. And, and Michiko is trying to teacher to loosen up a little bit and they obviously are bringing something to each other's life i am interested to see a couple things in the story one being does hachin really have a tattoo on her stomach i think so yeah okay um it doesn't come off it's there at the start and the end of the series well they don't show you they don't show you yeah they do no they don't michigo's tattoo or Hodgson's tattoo? Yeah, they don't show you. At least for the first three episodes. They oh, bring it up. I thought they did. Um, and she says she has it and that she doesn't show anyone. Mm. And there is some allusion to it in the beginning of the first episode with one of the kids trying to like pull up her shirt. Right, right, right. And you're sort of like, why would they do that? Because Hodgson is at that point experiencing the typical, like, she's been adopted by this like priest and his family basically just to get cash from the government and they just treat her like garbage yeah um which was actually really hard that was the only the only thing that's been hard to watch is that first episode because it's yeah you're just like waiting like yeah she's got to get out of this because this is getting so i want to punch everything well they haven't they they have a scene where they have a hot iron and they're like threatening her threatening her with it like they're gonna burn her and i just i was like like (laughs) gasping for air and and you know it's a cartoon and i'm like i know she survives but like (laughs) her name's in the show she's getting out of this (laughs) but and you don't expect her to be saved in the way she's saved (laughs) which is i'm just gonna tell the listeners that michko comes through the window on a motorcycle and lands on the kitchen table. Yeah. You think at one point um, uh, Hachin runs away from the family after this sort of episode with the hot iron and she attacks the girl who's trying to attack her. Um, and you're like, yeah. And then she runs away because she's all freaked out. And you think maybe then she's going to run into hmm. Michiko, who at this point is a fugitive from the law. Yes. Um, from escaping prison. prison or sorry, for escaping prison. Uh, but no, she comes specifically to come get her and she busts through the window and is a badass and boobs out and all is just amazing. And that's, I mean, you want to talk about fan service done right. It doesn't Michiko even, is delightful to look at. She, I mean, for a cart, she's very Jessica Rabbit yeah. as a cartoon goes, but it works for her character personality. She's um, a quote unquote Brazilian woman. Who really, who's likes who to be naked a lot. Knows she has this body type and has no problem. Yeah, and sorry, not even, I said naked, but not even naked. Just like wearing, mostly her tops consist of bikini tops. Bikini tops and short shorts. That's yeah, kind of what she's um, rocking with. But she, this is something she wants. It's not sort of inflicted on her, mm-hmm. which I feel a lot of fan service 
is, um, or they don't give a good reason why a 14-year-old has a triple D cup and doesn't wear anything and why her parents aren't talking to her about her choice of dress. Um, but that's, that's a little bit of a rant for another time. Uh, but she's a grown adult woman and she works it and it's great. Um, and on the other side, you have Hachin, who is... What does she say she is? She's 11? Something like that, yeah. Um, and, oh no, she's nine. Sorry, she's nine. And, uh, like, they they don't try and, I know it's weird to say this, but they don't try and, like, sexualize her at all. <laughs> she is a child, and that's it. And I, their dynamic works, and the, they're two different p- parts of this sort of female spectrum, and... I think all that works as well. I also remember really kind of thinking they did well moments with like, so there will be times where they will split up and they will have their own stories yeah. in the same episode. The episode is in there where like her shoes get stolen, right? Yeah. Like, that, yep. Yeah. That's the third episode. Um, I thought it did a good job of like showing how kids are like. Kids are the worst. Yeah. Like, They're so awful. Like in the moments where Hotchin's trying to like fend for herself because Mitch goes off, who knows, trying to get money or yeah. what have you. Um, and she has run-ins with like, I guess what we would call in Brazil proper, like favela kids, like, you know, like the slum kids who are just trying to survive. And that's why they do things like steal her shoes. I felt like the run-ins with that were like impressively kind of like believable and how like, you know, awful kids are like, they acted like kids in like the worst possible way. Yeah. Kids can be. And sorry, you had made mention of the animation and it, it is stunning. It's amazing animation. And one of the things I, I think, Sorry, one of the reasons I think um, Michiko's body works so well is that there are so many different types of bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Food Wars, <laughs> where every shirt has this magic tailoring uh, around the boobs, um, there are so many different body types. And you do see lots of different people dressing in lots of different ways. And the anim- again, the animation style really lends itself well to drawing people from... What I think is is a really good um, di- diversity. So drawing people sort of from all over the world. Um, now, were you watching the sub or the dub? Um, I actually watched the first episode. I watched the sub, and then the second, the the next two, I watched the dub. How was the dub? It was good. I thought so. Yeah, I had uh, I watched it originally on the sub, and then when I was like trying to find. The best way for you to watch it, I checked out the dub and there was like a moment where like Hachin gets inadvertently drunk and she was like talking to another <laughs> another girl in this episode that they were dealing with. And I was really impressed with the uh, with how it sounded. Yeah, um, it, I, it, you know, sometimes with the with the dub, I mean, see, I don't have a lot of experience with dubs. The one I know best, of course, is Sailor Moon. Uh, hey, don't don't say it like that. Um, and then after that is like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Um, so I don't have a lot of experience with it. I usually go for sub over dub. Mm-hmm. Just that's sort of what's av- more available. Um, but in this case, I think it was a good choice. I think all the voice actors did a great job. Yes, absolutely. I would agree. Well, for dealing out kick punches. Um, I'm going to say uh, 10 out of 10. Holy shit. Um, I can't wait to watch more episodes. Again, this is going to be, I mean... I sort of had the same reaction. I give a really high rating to um, One Punch Man, mm-hmm. um, which I really did like. But I have heard through the grapevine that I may, in uh, later episodes, come across something that is very, very problematic. But I will talk about that when I've actually watched it. Oh, it's Pull Me, Pull Me Prisoner, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. <laughs> You're laughing. I, just from hearing about it, don't think it's very funny. Um, but, like I said, I will watch it and we'll discuss it then. Um, and that, I think that rating will probably change because of that. I think I gave addendum, that... Addendum to the One Punch Man rating? I think I gave that like a 9 out of 10 rating. Yes, um, but... I'm really hoping this one doesn't have something horrible in it. I don't believe there is. I just remember, like, so it's 22 episodes long. Um, Don Funimation, again, if people want to watch it. And just really kind of, like, being impressed when it was all over about how, what a happy ending is. Okay. It was kind of feelsy. Like, there's, it's like nobody gets what they want, but kind of gets what they need sort of this can be good endings um and i was very impressed that they they went that route there are some kind of like you know weird moments where you find out like what hiroshi was up to that while he was gone that seems a little un- unbelievable it's a little weird and kind of capital a anime but not like you know he wasn't like making flying robots or anything it was just oh i was hoping for flying <laughs> robots would have preferred that. that would have made it ten and a half ten and a half out of ten well i'm super impressed that you liked it because i really if this one didn't do it, I don't know what I was going to. Do. <laughs> I know what I was going to do after that, but. Um. So yeah. So I I'm gonna probably give a an update next next episode. Um. Because it is something I'm gonna continue to watch because I really really enjoyed it. Um. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, but for now, ten out of ten. Amazing. Yeah. Speaking of updates, so like I said, I'm I'm under a bit of a deadline this this week. I have to finish an article. Ooh. And yeah, super super fancy writer guy. And this morning I was like shit i have to watch space before caitlin comes over to record and sometime in episode two i was just like man i wish i was watching young justice yes <laughs> yes so happy about you guys that. young justice is so good <laughs> yes it's so good so um, updated rating what did i give it the last time did i give it a six i think so oh it's at least an eight at least my only it doesn't matter to me but it might matter to someone else like there is a high barrier to entry on this show is it do you feel that way yeah like, like when like when like the tomorrow people show up and there's like no explanation of who these people are or that's like okay or like you know red tornado is like oh tio moro is a robot but now he's no he's really an old guy like the, all this stuff just happens and if you're deep in like your dc knowledge you're like this is cool that i'm seeing this in front of me but if you don't like I'm just picturing like the nerd with his girlfriend watching Young Justice constantly getting his arm pulled on. Like, who is that person? What I is think happening? you mean the nerd watching Young Justice who constantly has her boyfriend <laughs> pulling on her or, arm. Or vice versa. Sorry to be gender normative. In the case of the person who brought it to me, yes, the other way around. No, um, uh, but no, because when I initially watched Young, du- Young Justice, I did not know as much as I know now about DC. And I was fine. Mm. I think people are, are a lot smarter then you're giving them credit for it. And I mean, you know, Wikipedia exists. Like when Harm showed up in an episode, I was like, I have no idea who this is. And I just punched it into Wikipedia and went like, okay, yeah. it comes from this. Um, How far have you have you got so far? I am in, I want to say between episode 15 and 20, maybe. Um, has Dr. Fate showed up yet? Dr. Fate has showed up many times. Again, yeah, spoilers, friends. Uh, they just had the battle with the competing dimensions where all the adults were gone that is one one of my favorite episodes all the adults are gone in one and all the kids are gone in another and captain marvel is bouncing between the two of them so good i thought thought that was super clever and really well done uh i really love the episode after they had the like psychic training mission that went awry yeah and like so 
I don't remember what the team was doing, but sprinkled throughout, there were like these kind of like therapy sessions that they were having with Black Canary about what had happened. Basically, they went on this training mission designed to fail. Yeah. It was like the, oh, what's that thing from Star Trek? Uh, the, yeah, uh, something, something Maru. Oh, oh God. Kobayashi Maru? <laughs> yeah, I think that's that it. The Kobayashi oh my God. Maru. The Grok Spot crowd is going <laughs> to be coming for me. Oh, no. Why are they always coming for you? Why can't they come for me? Kobayashi, Kobayashi Maru. Yes, yeah. this is the unwinnable scenario. Basically, they were, the Martian Manhunter had them in this like psychic sleep where they were like supposed to fail uh, in an alien invasion scenario. But then, like, his psychic abilities kind of resonated with Ms. Martian's psychic abilities, and they forgot they were in a training mission, and they had all it this... Got really it got really intense. got really real, and they had all this kind of, like, PTSD after <laughs> afterwards. And so they were having these therapy sessions, and I really loved... So, as we've said, Caitlin loves my, uh, my Facebook comments, and I believe the one comment I sent her over Facebook was just like, I am done with emo Superboy. Like... <laughs> Superboy is just always so angry all the time and like pay attention to me Superman and he had he had that was the one moment where he was like all my friends were dying and I felt like how Superman must feel like to be like you know the most strongest one you know or whatever and I was like happy all my friends were dying and I was and I was happy and I was like that's intense yeah or talking to Robin where he was like I knew what Batman would have done in that situation and because Batman is like the, the mission is what's important and sacrifice yep. everything for the mission. And all my life I wanted to be Batman. And then I was in that situation and realized, you know, I don't, I don't want to be Batman <laughs> anymore. I can't be that guy. And I was like, you go Dick Grayson, even and, with your sunglasses on indoors. And, <laughs> and all of this again, um, and we talked about the plotting of the show, this resonates throughout, right? It's not just a one-off and then everything's going to be forgotten. And then they fight another monster this week. All these things sort of end up, resonating everything resonates with everything else um it's one of the things i love yeah so i'm um super amped to see where it's where it's going it's basically been every free moment i have i'm like watching an episode of young i'm so sorry you have so much work to do it's all my fault (laughs) and i can't watch any more today (laughs) that's that's, it's really bumming me out maybe that should be your reward (laughs) you get your work done you get to watch i'm super amped that there's so much of it that i still have so much to to get through there's nothing better than having a show that you really like and knowing that you have like piles and piles of it left to get through and you're gonna be able to spend all this time with these people who you've come to enjoy spending time with Awesome. All right. Well. Oh, oh one oh. last update. Uh, uh, there was another update uh, related to uh, something you love. Guess, uh, guess what's com- guess what's coming uh, summer 2016, Caitlin? I don't know what's coming. Oh, yeah. Season two of Food Wars. Still got time to catch up. Great. Season two of Food Wars. Great. Oh, yeah. Get all that splution done before. Oh, God. <laughs> before summer 2016. Just. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, Looking at your face, and I'm just thinking of like Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. It's like Gorilla Monsoon just being like, "Will you, will you just stop?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so look on your face right now. Will you just, will stop? you just stop? All right. So yeah, that I is. I think that's uh, us. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. <laughs> will you just stop? Just stop the show, because I have an article to write. Caitlin's got to go do some role playing. Um, oh, oh, I have an update. Oh, okay. To all the role playing friends I have, who I go and see ev- basically every week to go role play with them. I'm so sorry. You're right. Role playing is a hobby. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I told them the story about you know us doing the podcast. And me, I finally have a hobby, and they just looked at me and went, 
what the hell is this then? What do you call this thing that you do that you come to every week every and devote week. your time to? I actually, I basically role play twice. I do Dungeons and Dragons almost every single Friday and I do this every Sunday. Uh, I think that you can call this so, hobby. So for anybody who's questioning her cred, maybe. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You thought like, I don't, I don't know why she's on the show. She doesn't seem as much of a nerd as he is. <laughs> no, friends. She just hides it better. And then the summers I LARP a lot. Oh man, we'll get to that. I'm gonna gorilla film her LARPing one time and throw it up on YouTube when she's she's not looking. It'd be a special treat for the listeners. I'm pretty badass in my armor. <laughs> okay, all right, now we gotta go. So that is just about going to do it for us this week, friends. As always, if you have things that you would like to recommend to us, if you have comments or questions about the show or things we talk about, uh, you can email us at geekdownpod at gmail.com or you can do all that as well and much more briefer succinct fashion on twitter at geekdownpod if you want to ask me specifically i am at jordan underscore ferguson if you want to ask caitlin i don't know what to tell you you can't you can't doesn't exist i win (laughs) caitlin wins all or like us on facebook caitlin is really excited about the facebook page i am it would mean a lot to her if you uh if you liked us on facebook at Facebook.com slash GeekDownPod. The show lives on SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. We are getting to a moment where episodes will start to rotate out. Yep, that's right. We will always keep the five most recent episodes on the show page until such time (laughs) where eventually we'll be able to afford uh, unlimited SoundCloud hosting. But uh, until that day comes, uh, hey, it works for Marin to just keep a window of, uh, of episodes available. And hey, maybe if the time comes where you want to pay us for content, we'll uh, we'll open those up again. But uh, yes, so the introductory episode, which frankly you're not missing much, is just us kind of yipping for 15 minutes. But the first official episode, which was Agent Carter and One Punch Man, will be retired soon. So if you haven't heard those yet, dig back in the archives or subscribe to us on iTunes. All you have to do is go on iTunes. It's probably already on your phone. Just type in Geek Down in the search. Just hit subscribe. That's pretty easy. How easy is that? It's you, so easy. You literally have to type like four letters. That's it. Just subscribe, people. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, friends. Uh, Have a wonderful week, and we will be back here with you again for another episode of Geekdown. See you next week. We're talking. We are very good friends. We are having a conversation to check ha, levels. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> we are laughing. La- <laughs> Sometimes even when we don't feel like it. Mostly when we don't feel like it because life is pain, everyone. <laughs> oh my god.